to Further Up and Further In. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey Amy, today we're going to talk about something that you and I actually get invited to talk about, teach about quite often, and that's the topic of angels and demons. Do, do, do. <laughs> I love the soundtrack. <laughs> exactly. And I'm okay, let's admit to our listeners that I feel I have such a mixture of feelings around this. I feel a little squeamish. I don't want to be known as that weird woman. And at the same time, I have this burning passion. Our culture's really aware of the supernatural. Tons of TV shows now. And people are curious and they're open and they, maybe there's a spectrum of thoughts and feelings about the reality of the supernatural, but the truth is it's real. And man, the church, God's people, believers, whatever word you want to put there, those who call upon the name of the Lord have actually been given authority in the spiritual realm. And it grieves me that maybe the church has been a little behind culture on this. So, oh yeah, a little squeamish about being known as that and super excited that we actually get to speak into this with clarity, with authority. Scripture has a lot to say about it. We don't have to be tormented. Can you tell I'm passionate, Amy? Yeah, and it is culturally, it's everywhere, right? Like even thinking like 20 years ago to when I was growing up, it, we were still in the scientific rules all kind of thing. And now it's another shift where it's like all of the TV shows, all of the pop culture, everything is around supernatural, spiritual. And it's so interesting because it's, it's all over the place yeah. and yet not. And yet not. Accurate. And yet not. Random fact, sociologists that are researching this stuff say the shift happened with Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah, so prior to Harry yeah. Potter, not a lot of mainstream chatter about supernatural things. And post-Harry Potter, it's everywhere. That makes sense. And yeah, I just it just blows my mind that it's so everywhere, and yet truth and accuracy are not. And it just seems like such a ploy of the enemy, totally. where it's like, okay, if people aren't going to deny it, we're just going to like foster misconceptions and make sure people are aware but don't take it seriously and yet when we we got an opportunity to speak at our church youth group about this and I think you asked okay how many of you have had an encounter with spirits or evil spirits or something a presence that you felt was evil or the demonic you know you kind of used a lot of words for people that wouldn't be demonic create a possibility of where this fits everyone I think everyone did so we have a room full of teenagers that may or may not be interested in youth group. They could be there for their funds, like friends. They could be there for the pizza, you know. These kids were absolutely riveted. Every one of them has felt afraid because they sensed darkness and didn't know what to do about it. And yet, right? And okay, how many have experienced God's presence? They or... may have without knowing it. And if yeah. anything, what I want them to know is that when they feel that darkness, they can experience God's presence. Mm-hmm. And I love C.S. Lewis. Man, that guy is like brilliant, brilliant, stinking brilliant. And he talks about this in his screw tape letters about the two ditches that we can fall into when it, we come to um, the spiritual realm and angels and demons. And this quote, there are two equal and opposite errors in which our race can fall into about devils, demons. One is to disbelieve in their existence altogether. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. The demonic themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail the materialist or the magician. And I mean, I think he's meaning the one really into that demonic stuff with the same delight. It's two ditches. Yeah. They don't exist or I am obsessed and you know, a demon made me stub my toe over there. Right. A demon under ha- every hangnail is yeah. my 
analogy or everything is, you know, that exactly, all spirit. So some people get really squeamish as soon as we talk about this. I wonder how many of our listeners right now are thinking, yeah, no, turning this off and going and listening to... I mean, right, like, I remember reading Piercing the Darkness and This Present Darkness by Frank Peretti. And, like, for, you know, for a week afterwards, I'm paranoid yeah. about, oh, my goodness, the demonic, blah, 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 right? And then it's like, I forget about them, yeah. or I forgot about them. Eh. So my analogy is, you discover bacteria in high school, you start looking under microscopes, and you're absolutely creeped out. The truth is, they were there all along. And learning only equips you to actually be safe. Mm -hmm. So the same would apply to the spiritual realm. Yeah, okay, I would rather think it doesn't exist. Well, you can rather think bacteria doesn't exist. And if you don't learn to wash your hands, you're just going to be more sick than people who learn about it. Mm -hmm. So in the same way, let's equip ourselves with some actual knowledge. Exactly, around both, around the demonic and angelic. Because I think there's a lot of misconceptions around the angelic. And with believers, it's the... We don't want to get into angel worship because we recognize, no, man, God is the ultimate supreme authority. Yes. But where do angels fit in? Yes. So because culture has spoken to the church more than scripture sometimes, there's a lot of Christian or believers that just have a lot of weird ideas too. So I'm just going to start with a few fact type things. Satan is not the opposite of Jesus. Yes. He's not. He does not have the power and authority that Jesus has. He has power and authority. It's been granted to him through our deliberate sin. But he's not the opposite of Jesus. Mm, Yeah, they're not like two equal strength opposing forces. That's right. And so that's important. Just part of awareness that's so important is also putting things in the right place. Don't be too impressed. This is something I like to say. Be super alert and smart and strategic, but don't be impressed. Yeah, because that talks about in First Corinthians. So we we should not be unaware of the schemes of the enemy. That's right. So we gotta we've got to understand the same way bacteria, right? You got to know what you're supposed to do in the kitchen so you don't all die of food poisoning. But you're not like freaking out about food poisoning every day. You're just doing what you know is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so in the spirit realm, so scripture is it all over the place. Different little segments where Jesus says, "I saw Satan fall from heaven." He was an angel. He was a worshiping angel who moved in rebellion towards God. Mm-hmm. And then we get clues from the book of Revelation towards the end of the book. It talks about taking, he took a third of the angels with him. So right there, another fact, do not be impressed. Yeah, there is Satan and demons. Those are the angels that went with him. There's only, there's twice as many angels mm-hmm. that remained in loyalty and under God's authority. So there's twice as many angels as demons. Mm-hmm. Don't be too impressed. However, they do have power and authority. How do they have power and authority? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of ways. It started in the garden. Yeah. When Adam and Eve said, actually, I don't believe God is as good as he says he is. Mm. I don't and question his authority. I will obey this other voice. Mm-hmm. So actually, deliberate sin is one of the ways we open the door to the demonic in our lives. Super sobering, Amy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then right at 1 John five nineteen, we know we are God's children and the whole world lies under the misery and influence of the evil one that was granted back in the garden. Yeah, and so everywhere you go today, as you bump into people who behave in all kinds of different ways, you might be really tempted to think they are such a jerk and they are always, and man, they're angry. And it actually helps me to be aware that yes, these behaviors are what they are and that they're not always driven by the nature and will of the person Mm -hmm. but that they're under the authority of the evil one they've given authority of the evil one they need to take it back those things are all true this is not like a blank check 
But this awareness that what I'm dealing with, in fact, Paul says it best in Ephesians 6. Yeah. He says, Ephesians 6, 10, Now by beloved ones, I've saved these really important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord. Stand victorious with the force of His explosive power flowing in you and through you. Man, this is exciting. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accusers. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the authority uh, under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront this, these slanderers. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Mm. This is a crazy powerful, exciting passage. You've been superly and naturally infused with strength. There's this explosive power that comes from God flowing through you. And you are in hand-to-hand combat, not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion. Goes right back to Adam and Eve. Yep. How does Satan get gain access? Our willful sin, our deliberate willful sin. Mm-hmm. As soon as I knowingly pick, I'm actually not going to do what God says in this area of my life. You have opened the door to the evil one. Mm-hmm. And um, the deliberate sin can also, that has access points, can also be from other people choosing deliberate. That, I mean, crappily enough, can then provide access to your light. People deliberately sinning against you. Yes. Or people in your family line. Right. So we're born into families who may already have sin patterns going on because of their deliberate sin. That affects you. So you're born into this. You still have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So just to be really clear, because point form is one of my favorites. When people ask me, how does the enemy or the demonic gain access in our life through this family sin pattern, through our willful sin, through trauma, which is somebody else's sin against us. So violated by sexual abuse, open door. Violated by all kinds of things all kinds of verbal abuse, right? That opens the door to the enemy. And finally, unforgiveness. Yeah. Tied into other people's sin. And yep. Jesus said, when you don't forgive, you will be turned over to the tormentors. So super, again, a really sobering thing. Forgiving people is hard. We've done a whole podcast on forgiveness, but if you refuse to forgive someone who sinned against you because you feel bitter towards them, you want to punish them, you feel like you're letting them off the hook and you can't bring yourself to do that, Go listen to the Unforgiveness or the Forgiveness podcast, because if you don't forgive, you will be turned over to torment. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so many of our previous podcasts really talk about dealing with the access points so the demonic does not have space, right? Breaking agreement, Mm -hmm. forgiveness, soul ties, all of those are cleaning up the garbage so that the rats, have the demonic, have no longer things to feed on. It's true. And some will just slip away that way. But again, not all will. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to put up with this all the time. And so we can take authority, having closed the door. And that's so easy, actually. Mm -hmm. I repent of my sin, which means not only do I confess it to God and ask for his forgiveness, but I turn away from it. Yeah. Might I return to it again tomorrow? I could if it's like a deeply entrenched habit that I'm trying to walk out of. People need to hear this, right? That, yeah, today you might have, next Thursday you might do it again. Yeah. You're going to repent turn back to God, command the evil one to leave you in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. They don't have to listen to us, but they know the power and authority of Jesus. Oh, yeah. So having done the unforgiveness, 
I, so fear, stronghold in my life because of behaviors and traumas that had happened to me. Well, the enemy totally could torment me there because I had seen trauma. I had experienced loss. So it's totally believable that God's not good and he won't take care of me. So I had to forgive the people that caused the trauma. I had to close that doorway. And then I could say, in the name of Jesus, I command fear out of my life. Go. Mm-hmm. And he has to go. So this wrestling not with flesh and blood. So when we're talking to this youth group, a lot of them experience things in their bedrooms at night. And so we talk to them about, what have you been opening your mind to all day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, have you been watching a lot of movies about terror and fear and torment? Well, you're just being entertained by these demonic presences. You're saying, yeah, come in, sit in my living room and talk to me. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be a cleansing of that. I'm going to stop doing this. God, forgive me for using darkness as a form of entertainment and a, something that I've focused on and given my mind, my soul to. And then turn away from that behavior and say, Jesus, come, Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Mm. Yeah, I, that passage that Jesus talks about when the strong man's been tied up and kicked out. And I think that's such an important one where it says, man, you clean the house and it's empty, you know, the the demon will go around and look for a place. And if he can't find something, he'll come back. And if he finds the house empty, he'll just bring all his friends in. Right. So we never just do the empty part. Yeah. It's in Matthew 12, uh, verse 43. When a demon is cast out of a person, it roams around a dry region looking for a place to rest, but never finds it. So right here, Amy, when I take authority over a demonic spirit and I command it to go, I always say, go to Jesus. It needs to have a, it needs to be told where to go, Jesus, mm-hmm. and he will deal with you. Then it says in verse 44, then the demon says, I'll return to the house I moved out of. So he goes back only to find that the house is vacant, warm, and ready for it to move back in. So it goes looking for seven other demons more evil than itself, and they all enter together to live there. Then the person's condition actually becomes worse than it was in the beginning. It's really important to know that while I say don't be too impressed, also be impressed. Mm. There is actual serious levels of things going on here. If you don't intend to fill the empty space with the life and the presence and the power of Jesus, you're you're just going to be caught in a torment. It's not like you do this one-off, tell this torment to go, mm. and then I'm just going to carry on my own little way. The demon will come back with more. you got to fill that space with the Holy Spirit. So I always say, come Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Come and fill this space. Someone I knew that had so many flashbacks of from movies that they had really enjoyed watching. Mm. So I, I just said, every time one of those specters comes up as you're lying there in the dark, God forgive me for that, that way I used my mind and my brain, my body you gave me to be entertained by that. And now I take authority over this evil spirit that's tormenting me. I command you to leave now in Jesus' name. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come. Mm. come and give me a new image, a new picture, a new thought. And they would always get a picture. Yeah. And they would be like, how do I know I'm not making it up? Because it's always something I really like to do that I'm picturing, right? He saw himself skiing or snowboarding or saw himself on a dirt bike. And I was like, is that not a fun and carefree and happy place for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, God wants to take you to those places. Yeah. So why wouldn't he give you those kind of pictures? So true. Jesus is your friend. He wants to be there with you. Saying the name of Jesus. If you can't think of anything else, just say Jesus out loud. Mm -hmm. The enemy hates the name of Jesus. I've seen this over and over and over again when there's torment. Just say Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. There's nothing Satan hates worse. It's like putting a drop of bleach into something. You can just see it. Yeah. Push back. So, I mean, we've kind of talked a little bit about the demonic and, Mm -hmm. you know, access points and, and what scripture says. I think it's also really important to go to scripture to see what the scripture says about the angelic. Let's do that. Because 
right? You hear weird stuff like angel worship or like angel cards, which are like, okay, I don't think those are angels that are giving you those answers. Those are probably the demonic or like guardian angels. And I'm going to pray to the angel of this and pray to the angel of that. And it's like, that's not scripture. No, and it's really, really unsettling to me. Scripture does tell us that Satan can appear as an angel of light. Yeah. So he will, you know, can't catch you in the one ditch, like you said, obsessed with darkness. Also being distracted by something that's not true. Jesus is the source of our help mm-hmm. and our hope. He sends angels. Yep, exactly. Psalm 91.11 says, God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. Yes. So, I mean, they have a function, right? They're not just... Right. I think we need to be aware that they do stuff and they're there and they're like soldiers in God's army as well. Hebrews 1, 14 makes it very clear what the purpose of angels are. What role then do the angels have? The angels are spirit messengers sent by God to serve those who are going to be saved. Yes. And the angels don't want us worshiping them. Scripture tells us that angels are before the throne worshiping God day and night. They direct attention to God. They fight on behalf of those who are calling on the name of the Lord, but they are not asking us to pray to them. No. We pray to God, and God releases his angels. God commands the angels. Yeah, and right, Matthew 18.10 says, I can assure you that in heaven, each of the little one's angelic guardians have instant access to my heavenly Father. So there does seem to be something that there are angels that are warring on our behalf. But yeah, that they don't want us to be like, hey, angel, blah, 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 come and protect me. No, 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 that man, we can ask God, man, would you just send, right? And we often pray that. Jesus, would you just send your warring angels to war on our behalf as we stand in our authority? But we're not like having convos with the angels and praying to them. I love being aware that they're present. Yeah. In fact, there's a great story in the Old Testament where Elijah has this army coming against him and his, his servant is freaking out because this army is so impossible. Yeah. They are so outnumbered. And Elijah prays and says, Lord, would you open his eyes? And in that moment, his servant can actually see the heavenly host, the angel armies that are there. Mm-hmm. And they're so much bigger and greater than the enemy that's warring against them. And I love that that story is included in scripture. I think about it sometimes. Okay, Lord, if you could open my eyes and I could see that even in this moment of sadness, fear, feeling overwhelmed, feeling like situations are impossible, you have commanded your heavenly host and they're there. And that's actually comforting to me. So awareness, there's nothing wrong with awareness. We just don't pray to angels. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's kind of, right? Those verses are the main gist that angels are there sent by God to serve, minister to us, right? And I think it's, I I like hearing stories of where people just get a glimpse of angels, right? Like those are so cool, right? Because I mean, people get glimpses of the demonic all the time. But when people have encounters with the angels, it's, they always show up differently. Yeah. But it always leads back to glorifying and Jesus and worshiping Jesus. Yeah. Isn't it funny that Maybe we're so okay with seeing the demonic, but we feel it's a little flaky to say we saw angelic. Yeah, it's totally true. Yeah, my daughter, when she was three, um, probably the first Christmas that she could articulate things to us, we were going away on a trip for Christmas, so I didn't really decorate, but I wanted to put up a few lights, and I set out an angel, and she just stopped and said, what is that? Because it's, you know, it's a little gold wings on it, a little Christmas angel, and I said, oh, it's an angel, sweetheart, and she went, no, it's not, and I thought, what does she know? What? Mm. Why does she have this real... I said, oh, really? What do you think angels like look like? And she said, oh, I see them all the time. 
I said, you do? She says, yes, they're out in the trees when I'm out there playing by myself outside. And I was like, okay, this is really mm. cool. She has this awareness. And I was excited. Again, how do I know it's true? Because it ties into scripture. You just read the verse that says these children have angels that have direct access to God. So she was seeing two angels. And so I said, what do they look like? She said, oh, mom, they look like really nice daddies. Mm. Yeah. And I love that memory. I love that story. That's that such a good the story. angels are present. They yeah. really are. And it's often children who have an awareness of this as much as they have an awareness of the demonic, which tells me our adult brains need to be aware, be alert, tap into the possibility of this. So as, our, as we close down this podcast, what do we want our listeners to know? The demonic is real. Some of the stuff you're dealing with every day isn't flesh and blood. It's demonic. Do we have to be afraid? Well, I guess we could be if we're giving them authority, but we have clear strategies from Scripture on how to disarm them of their power. We have authority granted to us by Jesus Christ to take authority over them and command them to be silent, to leave us. And we also have this heavenly host released by God to war for us, to fight for us, to defend us. And so we would just encourage you, be alert. As the Scripture says, be alert to the strategies of the enemy. Don't be afraid. Arm yourself with understanding, and this is actually going to help you as you go further up and further in.